0: Hey, everyone. This is Chris and Sandy Benton with The Chris and Sandy Show, where we get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And today, like I say in every episode, we've got a great show for you today because we always have great artists. And we've got Hallie Kearns coming on. She's done some great things. She's doing some great things. We love her music, and we're looking forward to hearing parts of her story and talking some music. So, Hallie, are you here?
1: I am. Thanks for having me, guys.
0: How are you oh, doing today? Oh, thank you for
1: being here. I'm sorry, what'd you say?
0: So how are you, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, I'm great. Thank you for asking. How are you
0: <laughs> doing? Doing good. Doing good. So so I always like to get started with the big elephant that's in the room. How is COVID affecting you right now?
1: Mm, yeah, it had to be talked about, right? <laughs> um. It <laughs> at first was kind of... I mean, I think it kind of hit everyone the same way, where it was, okay, there's a couple mm-hmm. weeks, you can all do this, whatever, and then the longer it got dragged out, the more kind of disheartening it felt. Um, but I, it actually gave me a lot of time to be in the studio and work on the project that I'm releasing oh, wow. now. So that was a weird silver lining that came out of it, but we canceled a lot of shows and stuff, but uh, I'm actually doing pretty well just with the with getting to be in the studio finally and have some music
0: to get out, so it was kind of a
1: blessing in disguise in some ways.
0: I love that. You know, you know, that's one thing that we, you have to do in this day and time is it's here. There's nothing we can do. Mm-hmm. So you might as well yeah. create opportunity around it. And like for our show, I mean, we originally, we started the show January 3rd. And the original idea was to interview maybe 80 to 100 people the first year, which would be really good. Um, yeah. And when when the COVID happened and shut everything down, I told Sandy, you know, this is our time to sign. We need to step it up.
2: We need to forget our original <laughs> right. plan
0: and just go all out because artists need a place right. to talk now. And oh, you, and because yeah. of that, since January third, you were you are now our 163rd interview, if I'm correct.
1: Oh my goodness, the golden number. <laughs>
0: <laughs> there you go. The Sounds awesome. Floor.
1: You got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> No, that's so cool. That's really awesome you're able to like use that platform and help out artists, you because know, I think everyone's kinda struggling for that um inability to perform right now and it's just been it's been tough. So that's cool. You're giving people a place to go talk about what they're doing and uh just a little bit of a And tell a
0: little piece of their story.
1: Right, right.
0: So as we get started here, um, tell everybody a little bit of who you are, where you're from, and kind of an overview of you.
1: Absolutely, yeah. Like like you said, my name is Hallie Kearns. I'm from uh, Columbia, Missouri originally. And then uh, I'm in Nashville now after a long uh, <laughs> four years. I, I moved from <laughs> Columbia. I uh, lived there for 18 years and then moved to Kansas City oh, for yeah. four, and I played, um, I think, around – three hundred shows in that time just around Missouri oh, wow. and Kansas and parts of Oklahoma and all that and uh the whole time in the back of my mind I was like I need to get to Nashville, I need to get to Nashville and um, <laughs> finally made the move in March twenty eighteen and it's been really, really great ever since. Got into, you know, all the writing scene and that kind of stuff. So
0: it's um Yeah we're planning on journey. actually moving to Yeah, you know, next year we're planning on moving to Nashville ourselves.
1: Yes. Yeah. No, wait, where are you all out of right now?
0: savannah georgia
1: oh great oh my gosh you're gonna love it so much i've never met anyone who's moved there (laughs) and said they regret it so
0: pumped for you guys (laughs) i think that may be the problem that nashville is having because you know now it's probably a little different now because of the covid but before the covid around 100 people a day was moving to the nashville area and from what i understand not many people are leaving traffic shows that (laughs) <laughs> and yeah, not many people yeah. are leaving so it's like you're yeah, really yeah. by 100 people a day yep <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: absolutely and you could feel that every day it's just growing and growing COVID really did just, uh, <laughs> kind of take a lot of that momentum out of it but it was kind of eerie you know mm-hmm. driving around during especially like the whenever it was extreme lockdown kind of that sort of first few weeks it was weird mm-hmm. being on the highway and you know, especially at, like, 5 o'clock you're the no traffic. You're like, this is, <laughs> this is yeah. a ghost town. It's
3: freaky. Where'd everyone go? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's the same way this here will be the, during that time period.
0: This will be the year to talk yeah. about. I, you know, five years, 10 years, 20 years down the road, we're going to all be looking back and telling kids and grandkids and all that. What? You should have seen 2020. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> everyone <laughs> masks
1: everywhere. Like, what?
2: No way. It's
0: crazy. It is crazy. I've never <laughs> seen anything like it. <laughs> so I always like to start out light before we really dig deep. Um, what are some hobbies you like, to, you, you like outside of music?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I love just – I'm such an extroverted person, so I love to do anything around people, whatever that may be, Like <laughs> whether that's – I love being outside. So hiking and just exploring nature. I love to travel. So, so so much so if I have like a few days off and I can have time for a road trip I'm going to take it like love being <laughs> in the car love driving mm-hmm. um, I, my whole life is kind of music right now but um, whenever I do get like a moment off I love to come home and see my family in Missouri it's about a six and a half hour drive from Nashville now so I come home a lot and see them and um, just anything to do with friends or family I just want to be around people all the time yeah, especially right now huh? yeah oh my gosh no kidding it's just, I, I know I'm not t- I, quarantine is an extrovert's personal hell I think because I was, go with a little bit of a long yeah. time and
3: you know,
1: sometimes some reflect or whatever but oh my gosh it drove me absolutely crazy just not being able to see people and but
0: so what would you say is quirky about you It's hmm. an interesting question we get interesting. I feel mean, like
1: most of who I am is that way. Um, oh wow! I I like to um. I don't think I hold back my personality very mm. often. Like I I just kind of weird and dorky, and I've always been that way. <laughs> like I like to let that shine no matter what. I, I catch myself saying things a lot of the time, like, did that just come out of my mouth? Like, just, I'm sure you're going to hear some of that <laughs> on here. I'll just put my phone in my mouth, like, yeah, that was not the thing to say, but I don't know. There's so many weird words. <laughs> I know we all have them. And, but. <laughs> oh, this is you know, um, my, my Sandy. biggest fear in the entire world is
0: moths.
1: Oh, sorry, what would you
0: say? Oh, wow. I was saying my wife, Sandy, <laughs> she, she has so to weird. calm me down a lot of times because I'm over the top oh, and yeah. I can't be over the top. He is. And, and there are many times where she has to pull me off the walls. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's like a good balance, though. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> so at what age did you know um, that you could make this a career? Not, not the age where you wanted um, to do music, but at what age did you say, look in the mirror, and you kind of said, you know what, this could actually be a career for me?
1: I was about 16. So uh, I was a junior in high school and everyone started looking at colleges and Mm -hmm. talking about what those next steps were. And that music was really the only thing that I was extremely passionate about. It's something that I knew I wanted to do Mm -hmm. for the rest of my life if possible. So that was kind of when I started applying um, all that I had known and like just looking deeper into what it took to make that happen and, um, that's when I started having conversations with my dad about those next steps and how to even go about that kind of thing, which still figuring that out. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I think about 16, junior high school is when I finally decided, like, I'm not going to go to college and I'm going to pursue music full time.
0: Love that. Because, you know, sometimes parents have a lot of control over kids. They're like, oh, no, you can't mm-hmm. do, go that route. That route is mm-hmm. too tough or you won't make it, and all of this, and, mm-hmm. yeah. and sometimes parents, sometimes kids will back away from that passion that they strive for because of other yes. people.
1: absolutely. And I think if they have that in them, that kind of drive or creativity to want to do something kind of out of the mm-hmm. norm, then that's not going to go away, whether the answer is yes or no from someone. And I think my dad <clears throat> really understood that um, when we started having those conversations, just he's always been, you know, very pushing the creative side of things and loves doing things oh, wow. outside the box. So um, he was so on board with it, And but I do yeah. see that from a lot of people like, oh, I wanted to do music, but my mom made me go to college and or my mom told me I needed to go to medical school or, you know, whatever it is. And it, mm-hmm. it the, the desire that they have never goes away, and it's still, you know, whether it's yep. a few years later, like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, I wish I didn't go to college because now I'm pursuing and I lost that time, or oh, I always wonder what could have been. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of uh-huh. a bummer because, like, oh, if you, maybe if you got a different <clears throat> crowd around you or something, it could have been a different story. But, yeah, I'm
0: always about pushing people to, and, to try, you know. Yeah, exactly. At least go for it. And what makes it more sad, I've got friends of mine that are, say, 15, 10, 15 years in their career. So they don't they went to college, they're in their careers, and they're miserable. And you sit down with them. And not all will admit this, but and and of course there's always exceptions. But there's a lot of people that fit this, and you sit down with them, and you're like, man, you've got this great, you got this great life, you got this great family, you got this amazing career, and they're like, oh, well, well nope, that's the problem, the career. I'm like, what do, you, what do you mean the career is the problem? You went to six or eight years of college for that career, yeah, it a passion. And they're like, well, to be honest, I had a different passion. But my parents, my guidance counselor, my friends, whoever, mm-hmm. said, no, that won't make money. I need to go where money is. And now they are, like, yep. completely miserable 15 years in their career.
1: Yep, absolutely. And sometimes it's not even <clears> – <throat> sometimes it's just the pressure of society, too, that, you know, you feel like kind of an outsider. I know I did. Like, all my friends mm-hmm. – I'm from a college town. Columbia, Missouri, it's where Mizzou is. So mm-hmm. the imme- if you don't know mm-hmm. what you're going to do, the immediate next step is just to apply to Mizzou. Like, that is – you know, my high school 2.0 is kind of what we called it, and um, I it felt really strange because all of my you know best friends and everything all started going through recruitment and joining sororities and you know getting their degrees and everything, and I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing, and it was a it was a tough you know six months to initial first year where you really do kind of feel like an outsider. You're like, am I crazy for like, you know, running after? something that I don't it, there's no guarantee. There's no certainty. There's absolutely no money of course. Absolutely no money. But so yeah, it it does, it does seem a little crazy and it kind of is a little crazy, but I think all the best things are,
3: you
0: know. Yep. And you know That's this is true. the perfect lead in to where I wanted this conversation to always go. Um, you know, one thing we like to do on the show is we like to talk about the sacrifice you know, a lot of people they see the glory of the art of the big artist but they don't see the grind that it takes to even get, the, even get the, to the small levels, the grind, the sacrifices yeah. that's made. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why people don't see being an artist as like a real job and all that type of stuff, but it is. And I, and I always like mm-hmm. to talk about that side of it. Now, we, of course, after it, we'll talk about the, the fun side of it, of course. But I want to always see, get out yeah. the grind. <laughs> side. Of, and I'll tell a little story that leads us into where I want this to go. Back in 2014, we interviewed – Allison Steele from Two Still Girls. And at that time, they were full-time on music. And and one of the questions I asked was, what advice would you give an up-and-coming artist? And Allison said, this is going to sound funny coming from someone full-time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the day you want it to be a career, everything has to change. She goes, yes, it's your passion, but it's now your job. You don't get to make choices mm-hmm. like you used to make. Um, you, if you have a bad day today and you've got a gig tonight, well, guess what? You've got to smile like you had the best day ever. You, you, mm-hmm. you know, your, your family and friends never understand what you're doing. They, they invite you over on holidays and weekends, but that's when you make your money. Um, you can't yep. go. You can't go to holidays. You can't go to birthdays. You can't do all that. You have to eat, think, and sleep music. That's pretty much your life, especially at the beginning. And because of that, there's so many sacrifices, but if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, then go all in because the only way those kind of sacrifices will ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? And let's go there a little bit.
1: I cannot agree with that anymore. That was beautifully put, and I want to hear that. (laughs) am actually really bad now. It's gorgeous. (laughs) Yeah, I have said that all along, you know. I've been asked over and over, like, so if this doesn't work out, like, what's plan B? And I'm like, there is not a plan B, because this is going to work out. You know, I I, mm-hmm. I think plan B is what makes plan A fail, and I don't want a backup plan, yep. because I'm just going to, if I fail at this, then I'm going to reinvent, you know, how I go about it, and just try again, and keep yep. doing that until something clicks, Yeah. this is the only thing I want to do, and that's, that's why, you know, people are like, well, you can go to college and get a music degree, and I'm like, yeah, I could, and that's awesome, there's no shame in that at all, but... I want to perform, I want to write songs, and I don't need a degree to do that. And it, yeah. I, it it just felt like a distraction. And all I've wanted to do is just pursue, pursue like, be in it, you know, fully submersed mm-hmm. in the industry and then yeah. performing all these things. Yeah. So I completely agree with what she's saying, and I actually love that a lot. And I think that's <clears> great <throat> advice for anyone who... Is ever kind of questioning like, do I want this or do I not? Like, I, I, don't know, I really love music, but I also love blank. It's like do both, then like do both. Like, but you can't. It it it's completely consumed.
0: Doesn't work. Though.
1: Every aspect of your life, <laughs> and you know, it's really tough because mm-hmm. I have friends who you know have babies now or getting married. Like, I have all these friends just getting engaged, and I can't be in their weddings. Mm-hmm. and I can't um go to their you know baby shower because you know there's a baby shower and there's like the birth of the baby and it's the baby's first birthday and you're missing all these huge monumental things about from people that you really love and you really care about but
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's for such a, it, it's a bigger not a bigger than the baby you know what I'm saying bigger on the horizon yeah, thing that bigger you're going picture. after but you do have to make these sacrifices for along the way that are super tough to make but it's like your body won't allow you to do anything else
0: <laughs> like, and, and, and yeah. people don't understand when you've got a plan B then when when you cuz it doesn't matter what career you choose but especially music you're going to struggle mm-hmm. and if you've got that plan b your plan in the middle of the struggle your plan b becomes your plan a always does that's just yep. human nature like yep. when you you know and it still surprises me <clears throat> when you watch the big artists being interviewed there's always one question that a host almost always is going to ask and the host always seems surprised at their answer. Um, but the question they always ask the big artists is, if music didn't work, what would you be doing? And 90-plus percent of time, the artist will tell them, musician, because I didn't have a plan B. <laughs> and, and, the ho- and the host would always yeah. say, what do, you, what do you mean no plan B? Is it?" Is it and, he, and they would say, music consumes you. You can't, you, yeah. you know, I wouldn't be, you know, if I, if I had a plan B, I probably would not be here. Mm-hmm. And host
1: there are many moments where that could have been put to play. Right. Right. <laughs> so many moments so, where you're like, you know, oh, plan A doesn't feel like it's working at all. Plan B sounds a lot easier and nicer to me, <laughs> my soul.
0: <laughs> and plan but, B is yeah. always easy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> because, I, you know, we, my wife and I, have been around many different industries um,
2: through the yes, seventeen yeah. years of
0: our marriage, and I believe that of all the industries we've seen, and people we've dealt with, I think that no matter what part of music, whether you're a host like us, whether you're an artist like you, whether you're um, producers, doesn't matter. I think that music is probably the toughest industry to be in, nine. I, but it's the most. It's one of the most rewarding.
1: Yeah, yeah, very high highs and very low lows,
0: absolutely. And now that we talked about the sacrifice, because, again, I always want to bring up sacrifices to show people why you do what you do and, to, and to mm-hmm. remind artists before they step into that arena what it's really going to take. So don't go yeah. quit on, on music and say, oh, it didn't work. No, you didn't work. You know, that's basically what, what mm-hmm. really happened. Um, so now that we talked about that side of it, the rough side, now let's talk about what, what it leads to, some of the awesome moments. So when you look back on your career so far, what are some moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that?
1: Ooh, um first thing that came to mind when you said that, I my first National Act opening position was for Tracy Lawrence. And oh, well. at the time I had been playing a lot of like wineries and breweries kind of across Missouri and building a little bit of a fan base here and there, and I just this opportunity kinda of came out of nowhere and I had the booking mm-hmm. agent reach out to me via my website and he was like, Hey, like, would you wanna be the acoustic <laughs> opener for this festival I'm throwing? And I was like, Whoa, like is this real? Yeah. You know, and, and this is actually really interesting where um personal life meets music and the sacrifice it takes. So mm-hmm. when I got this email it was probably a month before the show and I was over the moon freaking out, you know, jumping up and down. Just this is my first time getting open for a national act. And um I was the first time I was really gonna to get to play to I mean the crowd was, was like fifteen hundred people and I was just stoked about it. And I looked at the date and it was the same date as the guy I was dating sister's wedding at the time.
2: Oh wow. Oh, and
1: wow. I was I was supposed to be, you know, not in it but I was supposed to be he's in it and I was his date and like i had been dating him for a few years so it was <clears throat> one of the situations where, like, I'm in there with the family. Like, that's part of my, you know, mm-hmm. and it was just that kind of thing. I'm like, do I take the gig and miss the wedding, or do I go to the wedding and miss the gig? And it was this, like, horrible, like, heart-wrenching, like, oh, what do I do, what do I do? And at the end of the day, I chose music, and it, it I know some people would hear that and be like, that's crazy, you were the girlfriend, like, you're supposed to be there, but
3: <clears throat> it's just,
1: I it's what I want for the rest of my life. You know what I mean? And it's,
2: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: it's an opportunity that I felt like I couldn't pass up and it, I feel like I made the right decision and it was just, but it was, all that aside, that, that was kind of the struggle part. You know, it was a horribly hard decision yeah. and I had stomach aches about it and all that kind of stuff. But I knew at the end of the day, like, this is the thing that I want forever for me selfishly and um, just to make out of my life. So, and then I got up on that stage, and it was the coolest show. I, I got, like, this golden hour <laughs> sunset slot, you know, in this outside arena playing with, like, 1,500 people, and some people, like, wow. drove all the way out from my hometown, and I got to see all them standing oh, out wow. there. And it was just the coolest show ever. And mm-hmm. um, I had a merch table up. My merch mm-hmm. just came in and uh, signed an autograph afterwards. It was just the coolest moment, and it felt like a huge payoff from grinding and playing these, like, kind of little gigs, just acoustic and lugging my equipment everywhere and always just mm-hmm. – Mm-hmm. You know, just really grinding, like it felt like a grind, and then this show really felt like a payoff moment, and it was really, really neat. Really neat.
0: Love that, because again, you know, we you never know what stories people are going to share on the show, and we love stories like that because again, it it shows mm-hmm. that that yes, they you know, like I remember when the, one of the artists said, the glory part people don't get the glory parts um, are in are like spotty. The grind is every day, but, you, but mm-hmm. that grind makes the gloriness you where you enjoy it more.
1: Definitely. That's such a good way to put it. You know, you're just, you know, okay, this is kind of a weird way to put it, but you ever, like, mm-hmm. cry really, something, like, really breaks your heart, and it makes you just cry so hard, and you're just hurting, and then something randomly makes you laugh in the middle of that cry, and, <laughs> or, like, you know, you're kind of yeah. getting done crying or whatever, <laughs> yeah. like, something makes you laugh, and it's, So much funnier than it normally would have been just because you've been so sad, like the past, you know, however long, and then something made you laugh Mm -hmm. to break that cry up, and you're just laughing way too hard at something that's not that funny. It's kind of like that, like in a weird, twisted up way, like where you're kind of like grinding it, and it's a fun grind. Like, I'm not complaining about it, it's but it's a grind, it's work, it is Mm -hmm. a business. It's you have to do a lot of kind of tedious things and a lot of just uh, drag and through the mud to get to where you want to go. And then you have these little highlight moments and they're so Mm
0: -hmm.
1: euphoric because you know, you've worked so hard for them.
0: And that's what it's all about is those moments. And and Mm -hmm. as you grow bigger, you'll get more of those moments, but as you know, Mm -hmm. but it makes everything just wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, is there any other moments that kind of bring, that you think of right now right off the back. That was wow.
1: Definitely. Uh, I have. So I also got to play my hometown venue. It's called the Blue Note in Columbia, Missouri. And I grew up going to all my shows there. You know, I've seen like Thomas Red mm-hmm. there, Luke Combs. I've seen Kelsey Valley, everyone at that venue. And I got the opportunity to open up there for Eli Young Band, I think was my first show there. Um, but it was oh, wow. actually the night after Luke Holmes played. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm the first person to step on stage after Luke finishes set. Like, you know, <laughs> it was just kind of this cool, like, uh-huh. full-circle moment where I was like, ah, and they, just getting to play to a crowd of all hometown faces and uh, people who've been – I mean, I've had – I've been at this for like five years now and I just put music out last Friday, you know, so that was a really cool Mm
2: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: um, thing to be able to bring people out to these shows and they know the words to my songs even though they're not anywhere to download yet and um, singing to a sold out crowd in my hometown, it was just a really, really, really cool moment and then um, adding to that my, this last Friday, getting to finally put out music after this long, um, that was just, there's no feeling like it. Like, I finally have music in the world, and that is, I got a text the night, on Thursday night. Someone said, I just want you to think about this for a second. This is the last day of your life that you're not going to have music in the world for people to hear. This is the last day of your entire life, no matter what. I was like, oh, my gosh, you just freaked me out so much <laughs> like, wasn't it just before? I am now.
0: <laughs> but it's, it's yeah, it, those are really, really,
1: they're making me smile right now. I just Those are really special moments to me.
0: And, yeah, it's a perfect time to take a quick commercial break and play your song, Pick Me Up. How does that sound? Perfect.
1: Yes, that sounds great. Thank
2: you.
0: <laughs> All right. And just hang on the line, and after that we'll talk about the song.
3: Sounds good. Thanks. All right. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called The Sports Guys Podcast. You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast
2: It's been a long week, work nine to five, over overtime and I barely made it to Friday but now I'm finally free to do whatever I want and if it's up to me, well it's you with your head mask in my front lawn, I just need a little pick me up, so come pick me up we can hit the liquor store spend 23 but get drunk on TV Forget about the world while we listen to the rain.
3: Yes, love it. <laughs> Great you. song. Thank you so much.
0: So tell us a little bit about the song.
1: Uh, pick Me Up. I wrote it with my good friend, Sister Crandall, um, about, I want to say it was early this year, maybe in January. Um, but I came down with this idea and I was like, I have this pick me up kind of hooky idea. And I just want like a fun summer song. I, I'm always kind of gravitate towards slower, sad songs. (laughs) And so I was like, really want something upbeat and fun that people can sing along to and just kind of forget about your worries type of vibe. And Mm -hmm. um, he's great with melodies and he's just an awesome writer and stuff. So we had a great time writing this. Obviously the lyrics are very fun and flirty and whatever. So we just had so much fun like getting to like joke around and bounce stuff off each other. And um, I knew it was going to be a first release once I got in the studio, recorded all five songs, and I heard all the first mixes, and I was like, that is it. Because it's just, especially during the times right now where everything's, you know, all mm-hmm. COVID and yeah. locked down, I was like, we all need a pick-me-up. You know, everyone needs something <laughs> to distract them for a moment. Oh, yeah. and just a, Even if it's this three-minute song, you know, something to pull them away from the the craziness of everything going on in the world right now. So I just thought with the feeling of the song and the lyrics behind it, it was just a good, a good first choice for me. <laughs>
0: Yeah, love that. Yeah. And, as you you know, one thing I like to do on the show, too, um, is bring out the team a little bit. Because, you know, I think a lot of people, they see the artists, but they don't see the PR companies or managers or producers or writers and all that. They see just the mm-hmm. artists. And I don't think the behind the scenes people ever get enough recognition because they do a I lot can to keep agree more. artists yeah. afloat. So we always like to allow the artist to take one or two minutes to kind of just introduce your team and tell us about your team that helps you be who you are.
1: I love that. Um, This is actually funny. My dad uh, and I went, whenever I first visited Nashville, I was 16 years old, and we went into the Mm -hmm. Country Music Hall of Fame, and there was the Taylor Swift exhibit. We were checking it out, and uh, there were all these little bobbleheads. And in the middle of it was Taylor Swift, a little Taylor Swift bobblehead. And then there were probably 50 bobbleheads all around her mm-hmm. with all of the different labels of, like, you know, videographer, manager, assistant manager, director. Like, all, like, all mm-hmm. these, like, and it was all these bobbleheads that made up Taylor Swift. You yeah. know, that made Taylor Swift be able to be the oh, artist. Yeah. And it was it was so cool. My dad always refers to, it. okay, well, what bobblehead do we need for that? What's the bobblehead here? But, you know, <laughs> That's what you refer to. That's, that's funny you said that, but I'm gonna explain my bobbleheads now to y'all. <laughs> so um, I am an independent artist. I'm not working with any management or label or anything yet. But I uh, have a creative director who's incredibly talented. She's made all the visuals come to life on this project. Um, she, her name is Cece Mule. She is Cece's endless pizza on Instagram, <laughs> and she is an incredible branding um, creative director. She does. She actually shot my music video. She um, just lovely. has an eye for that kind of stuff and took kind of her role is to take whatever I have in my brain and make it a visual. You know, I, I know what I like. Mm-hmm. I just can't create it um, when it comes to graphics and that kind of thing. So that is a, she's yeah. also mm-hmm. one of my greatest friends in Nashville. So um, it's really cool to have her on board. And then my producer's name is Steven Sharp. He is the kindest, sweetest soul in the world and did everything. He was so patient with me it was my first recording experience. Um, and, he just sat with me for way longer than he should have in the studio and, like, explained things step by step so <laughs> I didn't feel overwhelmed or, like, I was getting, you know, yeah. like, just stones in the ring or he was just letting me um, learn and really make it my project and make sure all these sounds are what I wanted. And um, that was really great. He's so talented. And then Adam Lester mixed and mastered it. Um, mm-hmm. And he also played guitar on it, so that was great, too. He's oh, yeah. very, very talented. And then uh, we have... Um, my good friends Sierra Porter and London Kearns, who is my sister, they drop a music video as well with Cece, and that will be out in about two weeks, I think, which is super exciting. Mm-hmm. And then I have a guy named Craig Brooks who is doing PR for me, who is just a dear friend of mine as well, and he's kind of jumping on board mm-hmm. just because he wants to, mm-hmm. and he's incredible. So, no
0: way.
1: Yeah, I have a lot of really
0: good people around me right now. So what does your parents think of what all is happening right now? <laughs> oh,
1: my gosh. Uh, they're both extremely proud and very, very happy for me. And um, I think my mom is a uh, very education-oriented, like she is very um, successful in her field, but she's a PA and mm-hmm. she works at Stanford. She uh, is actually a professor at Stanford, too. Oh, wow. So she's just like, you know, whenever I first told her, I was like, I'm going to do music. She's like, <laughs> <laughs> huh,
2: <you
1: know? laughs> hmm, you know? Uh but the more this has going on the more excited she's gotten and definitely understanding it a lot better. It's just um and then my dad's always been, you know, my number one fan and so supportive of it. And he, I think he gets more excited to watch my streams and everything than I do sometimes. <laughs>
0: <He's always involved. laughs> He's about, um since it sounds you like your dad is like real since it sounds like your dad's like really into this. Tell us a dad hmm. story where and I'm, I know that he probably goes above and beyond all the time, but tell us a story yeah. where he went above and beyond and you're like, wow, he gets, this is my passion.
1: Oh my gosh. It's a daily thing. Um, <laughs> I would let's think. Okay. I have a good one. So I, I, like I said, played around 300, I want to say 300 shows in like a four-year span living in Kansas City. And I think it's safe to say he made it to 85% of those. I would say that's yeah, a fair right. number. And I'm talking, I would play one show up north in Missouri and drive three hours and play one mid-Missouri. Like he And he would just, you know, either drive with me or come meet me somewhere. And um, But he was following me around like crazy. He was my roadie, was what we called him, whenever I was doing <laughs> all shows. that. And Again, like, it wasn't like he was doing anything crazy. He had up with set up a little bit and that kind of stuff after he learned the ropes and everything. But he really was just coming to cheer me on and just to be a part of it. And he's (coughs) seriously been there since day one, just hustling right next to me. And um, he, one time, I played a 20-minute show opening for William Michael Morgan Mm -hmm. in southern Missouri. It was in St. James, so I think it was, it's about two and a half, two hours, 45 minutes from Kansas City where he lives. He drove all the way there by himself, watched my 20-minute set and had to make it back that night and drove all the way back home. Oh, just, wow. Just came to surprise me and watched me <laughs> for the 20 minutes and then head out again. He like, didn't even take a look just He really is, you know, the number one supporter. And actually that my next song um, is called Shoes the Fill and it's all about him. That's the next
0: release. Oh, wow. Oh, and, well,
1: awesome. you know
0: we consider our, you know, we see you're big in the family. We, our show is a family affair, too. and We, yeah. we kind of have a third co-host, you could say, our eight-year-old little boy. We always let him come on and ask no one way. question to each artist. And oh, we, we've got that. a 17-month, you know, we got a 17-month-old daughter, too. And when she gets old enough, oh, we'll be plugging her in, too. Yeah. <laughs> <In her> Thanks. <laughs> she starts so mumbling over. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I love it. That is so great. I love that so much.
0: So Sandy, right, here's,
3: yep. here's Christopher with his question. What's your name? Okay, great. Hi, Holly. What's your favorite food? Hi, Christopher. It's Christopher, right? Is that what you said?
2: Yeah. <clears throat>
1: it's nice yep. to meet you. Uh, my favorite food. Hmm. You know, I think I have to go with crab legs. Hmm. Just super weird, but I get them every Christmas. We go to the beach every Christmas to celebrate, and we do Christmas Eve crab leg for dinner, and it's just oh, a specialty, and I love it. <laughs> what's your favorite what's food, Christopher? Yep. A pizza. Pizza. Okay, that's a classic. That's a great answer.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he could. He could Bye. eat pizza all day long. <laughs> he comes and goes Bye. quick.
2: Bye. <laughs> he just <looks laughs> popping. <laughs> yeah,
3: he's quick. <laughs>
2: yep, we're oh, training no, him.
3: <laughs> yeah, he's trying to be on almost every show with us. That's
1: the best idea. I love that. He'll love looking back at that one day
0: too. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and what's funny is sometimes um a person will be doing a live or like if they do a live takeover on one of our pages um after we've done the show they'll talk about the interview. And then they always say, and I know little Chris's favorite food is pizza. And right. So all these artists <laughs> know him. Yeah. I, I kind of joke and say he's our secret weapon for our show. <laughs> he <laughs> is. He's like a little, a
1: little good token. Like,
2: <laughs> yeah, <so> great. <laughs> the secret sauce. <laughs>
3: so is he Chris Jr.? So, is that what? right? Yep. Yeah, he's a Chris uh-huh. Jr. He wants to be different than daddy, so he wants to be called Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> so, so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about?
1: Oh my gosh, that is Oh, the one. Um, I absolutely love Jason Mraz. I always have. I've listened to him forever and ever, and I love his songwriting style and just. For conversational in his lyrics Or he could be very um, Kind of conceptual just with I, I mm. just love what he does And his um, phrasing abilities And everything I think it would be really cool To write with him I just would love to collaborate with him In general but Sean McConnell's another one A little closer to my genre um, yeah. He Is out of Texas I think Originally but in Nashville now and just Such an incredible songwriter too
2: His lyrics just
1: wow. kill me so <clears throat> those two
0: that is love that. So, um staying on songwriting real quick, is there a song I mean just put, you probably heard a lot, so just think of whatever first comes to your mind. What's a song out there that you've heard and you're like, I wish I wrote that? The
1: first thing that popped into my mind was How's the Built Me,
0: Miranda Lambert. A lot of people pick that one. Yeah, that
3: is Yeah, because it song. is just the song, you know, and
1: it it's like it Yeah. Is <laughs> Such a good one. Um, do you know that song actually ten years to finally get cut by her?
3: Oh wow. Oh wow. Didn't it, was know that. That. <laughs> it
1: was pitched to like every single artist out there before mm-hmm. she finally took that song and was
0: like, Hey, I want it. When it comes to songwriting you just never know. Like I remember the story with um where a guy was on stage singing his song. And a guy in the audience comes up to him afterwards, and you, you may recognize the story in a minute, but I'll tell who afterwards. But he comes up to the guy and says, I'm in Nashville. I'm here to get signed. And when I get signed, I want that. I want to cut that song. Little did that guy know that that was Garth Brooks. <laughs> and the song was The Dance. <laughs> yeah, and, he could have
1: any song he wanted forever. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and and, and I, from what I understand, that that guy who wrote that has has done many songs now for Garth because that was the first major song of Garth. You know, and he and he held true to his word when he got signed. That was the song he cut.
1: Wow, oh, that's so <clears throat> cool. I've never heard that story. I love that.
0: You just never again as a songwriter, you know. And sometimes when you watch people on Facebook. Uh, you know you always hear people say, "This is my song, nobody's getting that and, and I'm thinking, Well, you might not ever have it heard out there
2: <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think it's <laughs>
0: right I mean, I mean, if a Garth or a Kenny Chesney or a Miranda or a Blake says they like that song, you better just say okay say yes or, or
1: yes ma'am and you hand it over yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome like Casey Musgraves is such a good example of that too you know she uh, got mm-hmm. that mama's broken heart song I heard I mean I heard she she wrote that song and she just loved it loved it didn't want to give it away but Rand Lambert's like yeah, mm-hmm. I want to cut that and you just you know and <laughs> it, it did help <laughs> play into, you know, I think her career, too. It it, it never hurts yep. to have someone else have success with right. music, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of times that's what takes people off, is they're songwriting first, and then they become the artist
1: Right, yep. And I'm telling you right now, if Garth Brooks ever comes up to me and says he's going to cut my song, I, I will get out of the way <laughs> so quickly.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
0: so, so what's, um so as you know, you, you probably have friends that are also um, coming artists. What are one mm-hmm. or two people that you know that fans should know?
1: Uh, do you want genre-specific or just whatever? You
0: know, just like a couple of Country people, artists? Or you whatever? know, that, that, pe- that people should, it, it doesn't matter what genre. Just, you know, yeah. It is okay. Know. Um,
1: my, one of my best friends in town, her name is Stephanie Colvin. She goes by Steph. She's a pop artist. She does okay. kind of like dark pop. So, 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 so talented. Mm -hmm. Completely independent and just killing the game completely. Um, I love her music so much. And then um, she is a country artist, has one of the most beautiful voices I've ever heard. And an Mm. amazing songwriter. She's actually on. She wrote um, this next song that I'm releasing with me as well. They're both so talented and I would love for people to hear this stuff. (laughs)
0: That is really awesome. So I'm about to ask a question. I have a certain purpose for the way I ask it, I'll explain that right after I ask Yeah. It.
1: If,
0: if you Ooh. had a magic wand and what you're about to say would 100% come true, where do you want to be in five years? And the reason I ask it in this manner, I want artists to really open up and think about this question hard, because this past February made the five-year anniversary that we asked that question to Kelsey Ballerini because we interviewed her back in 2015 in February Mm -hmm. and the answer she gave us back then is pretty much how she's living right now. I mean, you couldn't have got a more perfect answer back then versus where she Mm -hmm. is now. She knew where she was going. And I always like to tell that story because I like to have artists think, uh, think, Oh, a lot can happen in five years. You just don't know. And especially in music. I mean, Mm -hmm. it, it can just be crazy. Um, So, if all bets were off and it would come true, where do you want to be in five years?
1: Oh wow! I want to be touring, headlining a. I want to be headlining my own massive worldwide tour, and I want to have. That's awesome. So many songs out by then. I want to just flood people with my music, (laughs) and but that is that is my goal right now. I just want. I want to tour. I want to play shows. I want to, like, be on the road and just, again, fully submersed in music full-time completely.
0: Yeah. Now, let's say five or ten years down the road, your dreams are come true. And let's say right now you can meet your future self down the road. What would would you tell her?
1: Hmm. What you're saying, if I was,
0: if you could if you could meet your future self. Now, basically, you know, a lot of people ask, what, what would you say, what advice would you give your past self? I like to go the other mm-hmm. way. If you could meet your future self, what would you tell her?
1: I feel like I'd be more asking questions than telling her anything, but I think I would just tell her, like, mm-hmm. hmm. I think I would have to hit her with – the, the then what advice that I've been given my whole life which is something I actually have it tattooed on me it says the then what my little tattoo but it's just this constant reminder of everything you're doing it everything you're doing are you doing it for the right intentions and with the purest yeah. motives behind it and
2: mm-hmm.
1: I just told you like my greatest wish and like the thing I want more than anything is Doing a big massive like headlining tour and
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's like okay so you're there you're doing it like then what like now it's basically now, like let's <laughs> say so you get everything yeah. you ever wanted then what you know
2: yeah.
1: if it's for the right <clears throat> reasons it should just be enough I don't, there's nothing else like this is great i'm sitting in it i'm enjoying it i feel at peace with it but if you're doing it for the wrong list, it's never going to be fully enough you know what i mean so it's mm-hmm. i think i would just want to talk to her about that and just feel like so did it, did it stay in line with that
0: all the way through to the finish yeah. line? Or, yeah. Love that. Great, great answer to that. Now, again, I like to think Thank outside you. the box, and, you know, and everybody had, like I said, almost everybody asks, what would you tell your past self? But you never hear people say, "What yeah. would you ask your future self, you know? No, I and love we that. Just...
1: That, was, that was really
0: cool. Yeah. <laughs> so let's say you have a I'm going to
1: check
2: her a little
0: bit and be let's... like, hey, is your head still there you the same <laughs> size, you know? <laughs> <laughs> there oh, you yeah, go. <laughs> <good>. Um <laughs> Um, so let's say that you had a friend of yours, and let's say you heard him or her sing, and let's say they got something special. You just you can tell. And let's, be, and let's say that they've gotten on stage. they they played maybe 30 shows. so They're still getting their feet wet on that side of it, but they've gotten on stage. And they got what every artist says, that stage bug, where They're looking over the crowd. The crowd's cheering, and they just know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Hallie, I feel like I'm supposed to do this. With the rest of my life, what advice would you give that specific person to help guide them the next two, three, four years?
1: Probably a lot of the same I just told you, but just the I first of all, go for it. Just do it without mm-hmm. any. I think ignorance is bliss in this industry, and just kind of doing things because they feel right, and not because like, oh, what if I do this and I look weird or. If I post this with someone, bolt? like, it doesn't matter. Like, go for what you think is right each step of the way. And, again,
2: mm-hmm.
1: connecting back to that, then what? what is the end goal? Like, is it to be super famous? Is it to get a million dollars? It's like, what is the goal? If it's not pure and if it's not it's not going to bring you fulfillment, then it's not worth pursuing. But if it's something that, like, your soul is craving and something that you need to do because you can't – if there's a, something inside of you that you can't explain
0: that is pushing you to go down that road, then – Mm -hmm. just do it now you're talking about now you're talking about a lot of that so what drives you what's that inner being saying where because you know as you know there's a lot of sacrifice and we talked a lot of sacrifice in the show so far so what drives you in those moments to where you're at the bottom and you want to quit but you know you can't quit what drives you in those moments
1: I think just knowing it can't always be bad. It can't always be the moments where you feel like you're failing there. Mm-hmm. It's always in keeping that on the horizon of knowing how much of a roller coaster, how much of an up and down. It's like, well, I'm experiencing a down right now, which means that there's an upcoming and
2: mm-hmm.
1: just not mm-hmm. getting so consumed by the momentary, like momentary, like sadness and moving forward into, well, it's okay. It kind of sucks right now. Feel that while it's here, and then let it go because there's more things coming. And each day, there's mm-hmm. something new appears. And just really trying to keep that perspective on it, and not letting yourself get consumed with where exactly you're at <coughs> in that exact
0: time. Mm-hmm. Love that. So we've yeah. come down to our last question here. Um, what, is the question, <laughs> what is a question? What is a question? Now, in this, I always end with this same question. What is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do
1: hmm. maybe something in interviews especially of this in depth, like when will it be enough like when is what is the driving force like what you just asked like what is the thing that keeps you going is Is it ever gonna be? Is is what you're going for something that can you can obtain or is it just this hamster wheel kind of thing? You know? I think what you just asked is yeah. actually the perfect question. I wish more people would talk about <laughs>
0: that. Mm-hmm. You know, so as we as we come to a close on the show here, um tell everybody how they can reach out to you.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um my all my social media is Hallie Kearns, H A L L E K E A R N S. My website is just that, HallieKearns.com, and all my socials are just at Hallie Kearns. So pretty easy to find. And, and you if they know, want to talk really or say en- anything about the show or whatever, <laughs> shoot me a message, I'll answer all those.
0: <laughs> and, you know, we really <laughs> enjoyed having you on today because, you know, you definitely have a lot of insight that, you know, out there, and we love that. And we love shows where we people actually talk. And that's why we try to make 60-minute, because, you know, 20-minute yeah. interviews, you can't, you know, you, you can only talk music. 60-minute interviews, we can actually yes. get in depth, and that's what we like to do.
1: I love that about y'all. Thank you so much for having me on. This has been really, really cool. You guys are so great.
0: <laughs> and, you know, we look forward to having you back down the road. And definitely for the Artist Challenge, I'll light you down oh, for yeah. that. Oh, yes. Absolutely, yeah. Just let me know
1: about all that, and I would love to do that with you guys. And tell Christopher I said hello again.
2: Oh, okay, we sure will. So, good and we'll talk to you real soon. Okay, All
1: right, great. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Uh-huh, bye, bye. Uh huh. Bye.